Well, good morning. It is October uh, the 26th, and this is our 26th session of uh, Proverbs, standing in for Byron, um, which is Mr. Nelson, as some of you may know him to be, a good dear friend and brother of mine, and so it's my privilege to be able to stand in the gap for him as he's celebrating his birthday. And to you, Byron, happy birthday uh, from all of us. Uh, we appreciate you and we just really wanted to show you how much we still care about the word of god even in your absence uh, we still want to know about this word that you so desired from your heart to share with the rest of us so with that being said let's go ahead and uh, bow our heads for a word of prayer father god we are so gracious we are undeserving of what it is that you are about to do today but yet in your love in your kindness in your great compassion you yet speak to us through your word. I praise you and I thank you right now that it is not me that speaks, but that it is the power of your Holy Spirit, not only speaking forth the Lagos, which is the written word, but that written word would turn into Rhema, which is the revelation of your word in the hearts of these people who have come to hear it. The word is universal when it comes forth. It is able to touch the very circumstances and the situations of people's lives. Something I cannot do on my own. I do not know the, the things that these people here are going through, but Father, you do. And we thank you that as we say in the world, killing two birds with one stone, you are the type of God that can take a word and you can knock out millions upon millions of situations based on a single word because you are the creator. Your word is what created all existence. And so Father, we need you to create a new circumstance in our life, a new situation in our life. We need life itself to be revived. There are some dead things in our life uh, that need to rise again. And your word says that you can even cause dead bones to live. And so Father, we believe you today that you are going to transform the way that we think you're gonna transform the way that we move and act and have our very being. And you're gonna position us, Father, into such a way that we will be able to glorify your holy name that others may see your good works in us. We thank you that these things are so even now. Holy Spirit, have your way. Rest, rule, and abide in all of us as you speak the word of God today. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. All right. So what I want to do, and I just want you guys to hit me up in the chat just to make sure that uh, everything's working well. We're going to go over the book of Proverbs, and we're going to be dealing today with chapter 26. Chapter 26. Let me know in the chat if you guys are able to see the scripture. Before I move forward, I wanna make sure everybody can see uh, the Bible verse that we have up here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So let's go ahead and read. It says, like snow in summer and like rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. I find it amazing that the last time we spoke, we were um, looking at uh, Proverbs, I think it was 23, the last time I came on, 
Um, and I didn't get at the end to be able to describe the nature of a fool. I wanted to find the verses in the scripture and uh, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And look at God. We're going to be dealing today with the very subject of what a fool is. And I really want to bring this home in the hearts of all of us. Now, let me make something very clear. When we look at Proverbs 26 and it starts talking about a fool, keep in mind the Bible was not written to a fool. The Bible was written to you and I, who are believers, who are Christians, and even those who are going to come into believing in Christ Jesus. The Bible is written to God's children. So why would he talk to us about fools when we ourselves are not fools? And the answer is this. Number one, so that you and I will be able to identify a fool when we come across one. And secondly, so that we can identify when we are being foolish. Because even though we are not fools by title, because we are believers, we can still act foolish and foolish uh, character or foolish attitudes can position us to where that we could still experience the fruit of being foolish. And so we want to be able to avoid the fruit of foolishness. We don't want the results of foolishness. So keep that in mind as we move forward. I know uh, we have a tendency to read something and go, oh, that's not me. I'm not a fool. Well, you may not be a fool by title, but guess what? We all can act foolish. We have tendencies at times to, to act foolish. And so the Bible says, like snow in the summer, which we know there is none, and like rain during harvest, shouldn't be raining during harvest time, so honor is not fitting for a fool. You shouldn't esteem a foolish person as being an honorable person, no differently than you should expect snow during summer or rain during the harvest. The Bible goes on to say, uh, like a sparrow in its flitting, like a sparrow in its flying, so a curse without cause does not alight. In other words, it, you, a, a foolish person can't curse you and then it actually comes to pass uh, because it has no, no value, no power, no worth, and it's based on nothing. And I want you to see, as we're reading these verses, we're going to be dealing with a lot of, you see at the top it says similitudes and instructions. A similitude is when you compare something to something else so as to give it more clarity. So in order for us to understand what a fool is, the Bible is giving us examples of things in the world to associate with this foolish type nature. So just like you would not expect snow in the summertime, uh, you shouldn't expect for a fool to be somebody that you esteem to be honorable. Nor should you believe that when a person curses you or says something and they have a foolish heart, you shouldn't expect that thing to happen. There is no power in a foolish person's words. Verse three says, a whip is for the horse and a bridle is for the donkey. But guess what? A rod is for the back of fools. Why? Because a fools, deserve, fools deserve a beating just for their silly attitudes. The Bible goes on in verse four, says, do not answer a fool according to his folly or you will also be like him. Now, you know, I got to stop right there because we all do that. All of us operate in that type of uh, capacity. We end up having these uh, uh, conversations or um, we get involved with different people's 
thought process and we put ourselves in a position to where that now here we are having their conversation which is actually foolish and makes no sense whatsoever how many times have you indulged in somebody saying something and you knew from the bottom of your heart that conversation was pointless and worthless but yet you still entertained it and this is what i'm talking about when i say even though we may not be fools you can actually be operating in foolishness just by entertaining a conversation with a fool why are you allowing this person to get under your skin why are you allowing this person to say things that are harmful and hurtful uh, to you and then get into dialogue with them when you know those things to not be true so we need to be very 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 on our toes when we're entertaining uh, conversations you you know very well if that's a, a a conversation worth having it says answer a fool sorry give me one second there we go it says answer a fool as his folly deserves that he not be wise in his own eyes. What that means there is sometimes a fool will say something and if you hear a fool saying something and especially in a group setting, you hear a fool say something foolish and you see that they're getting the attention of people around you or they're just trying to prove a point to you and you know that that point makes no sense. The Bible says, why are you letting that person get away with that? Now, don't confuse that with the verse we just read. The verse we read before was, if a fool is saying something that makes no sense, why are you entertaining the conversation? On top of that, if the fool is saying something that makes no sense, why are you allowing them to get away with thinking that it's okay to say that? So don't engage in foolish conversation, but at the same time, don't allow somebody to get away with something uh, so silly. The Bible says he cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. And who does that? A person who sends a message by the hand of a fool. So you go, you're going to give a word to a fool. Number one, a fool is a liar. A fool is somebody who just can't seem to tell the truth. So you're going to give a message to a fool and you know this person's a fool and you're going to send it. The Bible says by you giving a message to a fool and thinking that fool is going to deliver the message uh, rightfully, you might as well cut off your own feet and you might as well drink violence because it's on its way. Because that fool is going to share what it is that you said in a different light, and it's going to bring upon you um, a perspective in the mind of the person that they're talking to that is incorrect, that is wrong, that is an absolute lie. And I'm sure right now you're thinking about some people that you've said something to, uh, gossipers, uh, they go and share your business because you shared something with them. You knew from the beginning they were a fool. Matter of fact, I have a, um, I have a sister who happens to be that way. And remember I told you guys before, you can have blood relatives who act in ways that they should not act. And just because they're blood doesn't mean you're supposed to you know, engage with them wholeheartedly. You have to be very careful. Notice the Bible doesn't distinguish people who are blood versus people who are not blood. It's talking about the character of a person. Uh, whether or not a person has a relationship with God. And so I have a family member, a sister of mine. We have to be very, very, very careful what we say to her. She will take even the most innocent and simplest thing shared with another family member or one of her friends. And by the time it gets back to us, we're sitting here thinking, that is not what we said. 
She just made it mean something totally different. She might even use the same words we use, but she gave it a different connotation. And so the Bible says, be careful when you share information with certain people because uh, a fool is not going to honor or uh, give off the same type of air that you were trying to give off when you were giving that information. I want to finish reading to verse 12 because I want to get to some really good stuff. You guys are going to be excited today. I promise you. I'm just building the foundation right now. Verse 7 says, like the legs which are useless to the lame, so is a proverb in the mouth of fools. So if you know a fool in your life, and we're going to really get into what a fool is, but uh, I just want to read this verse so that way you don't tell Byron I didn't read the Bible. So at least we got through some, some type of word here. But uh, just like you wouldn't listen to the voice of a fool, uh, a proverb, the Bible says by, by you doing that, if you were to do something like that, that's no different than you having no leg or being lame, being paralyzed. You, you won't get anywhere with that. Notice it uses the word legs. It's another similitude, like the legs, which are useless to the lame. A person who has no sensation or feeling in his legs, they're crippled and they cannot walk. Just like legs are useless to a crippled person, so is a proverb that comes out of the mouth of a fool. I'm going to tell you where, uh, where you will find a lot of fools on Instagram. I see fools all the time on Instagram. Fools love posting what they believe are to be proverbs or sayings. Um, things that are supposed to be inspirational. And when they post, the first thing I think is, why are you posting that when that's not even the way you live? That's not the way you think. That is not the way you act. But yet you want to appear as if this is something that you live by. Uh, you'll see somebody post something and then hear a story five minutes later, whether it's a you know family member, friend, coworker, whoever you have on your Instagram, uh, you'll, you'll hear a story about them later and you're thinking, I thought you just posted something about anger. Why are you acting mad? I thought you just posted something about love. Why are you cheating? I thought you just posted something about money, uh, but why are you greedy? And so fools are on Instagram constantly. And I'm going to tell y'all now, you better watch out for them people on Instagram. Like, don't believe everything uh, that people are giving off on social media. Going on to verse eight, it says, like one who binds a stone. Like one who binds a stone in a sling, verse eight, so is he who gives honor to a fool. Think about that, verse eight, like one who binds a stone in a sling, so is he who gives honor to a fool. Now, if you got a slingshot, and you put a rock in a slingshot, why would you tie the rock to the slingshot? That rock ain't going nowhere. Matter of fact, you might hurt yourself. That's why the Bible goes on to say, like uh, one who binds a stone to a sling, so is he who gives honor to a fool. If you try to give honor to a fool, guess what? It ain't gonna go nowhere. Just like that rock tied to your slingshot ain't going nowhere, yeah. That honor ain't going nowhere because nobody's going to believe you anyway. Everybody can see past all of that. Verse 9 says, like a thorn which falls in the hand of a drunkard, so is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. What does that mean? They don't feel it. 
Last time in verse 23, we were talking about people who get drunk and they end up hurting themselves and they don't realize they were hurt until they wake up in the morning and go, oh man, I bruised myself, cut myself, broke my bones. They don't even realize they hurt themselves. The Bible says, just like a thorn that's in the hand of a drunkard, he don't even know he's holding something thorny and bruising himself, so is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. In other words, it's useless. It's not even making any type of effect. A thorn's job is to sting and penetrate and make you feel something. The Bible is saying that's how a proverb is in the mouth of a fool. It's like a drunk person holding a thorn. They don't feel anything. They're not pierced by the very proverb that's coming out of their mouth. It's not penetrating their heart at all. No sensation whatsoever. Just mere useless and pointless words. Verse 10, like an archer who wounds everyone, so is he who hires a fool or who hires those who pass by. Why does it say hire those who pass by? Because it's saying you didn't do your homework. Many of you on here are business-minded people. And the Bible is saying, if you don't investigate the people that you bring into your circle, you are no different than an archer or a person with a gun, a person with a bow and arrow, just randomly shooting all over the place. Don't expect anything good to come out of that. Matter of fact, you're not only going to hurt your business, you're going to hurt everybody else around because you didn't do your homework. Stop hiring people because they're blood related. Stop hiring people because they're your best friend. Stop hiring people because they got a degree. You better start hiring people because they have character, because they have tenacity, because they have drive, because they actually you know, care about uh, people and the vision. That's what you need to be basing things on. Yes, they should have a degree and they should know something, but don't just simply base it on their status. You gotta go deeper. The Bible says don't just hire people just because they're passing by. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. That's nasty. I ain't even talk about that. That's just, that's disgusting. That's self-explanatory. Verse 12. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? Well, guess what? There is more hope for a fool than for him. You know why? Because that's the same type of character. A person who thinks they're wise in their own eyes, guess where they're headed? They're headed, that's foolishness, and you're headed in the same direction of the fool. The same direction of a fool. Now, I'm ready to get into something good. The reason why I read verses 1 through 12 is because that's talking about a fool. You should not trust a fool, nor should you honor a fool. Now, I want to really, really, really get into uh, some meat here. And I want to share with you guys, what are we talking about when we talk about a fool? What do we really mean when we're expressing uh, how to stay away from foolish character? And also, what is a fool and how do we find one? How do we really, really, really define it? So I'm going to bless you guys this morning because God gave me uh, something to share with you. And we're going to have a good time. Now, I know what you're looking at right now on the screen looks like Greek to you, uh, but it's actually Hebrew, all right? And so what you see on the screen here is the Hebrew word for fool, and the way you pronounce it is kasil, kasil. You see in parentheses, I have it at the bottom, of the Hebrew word kasil. That's how you pronounce it. 
And Hebrew is written from right to left. So it's backwards from the way we look at English, from right to left. So on the right side, you'll see the Hebrew letter Kaf. The second letter, moving to the, going to the left, is Samek. The third letter is Yod. And the last letter all the way to the left is Lamed. The first letter, Kaf, is a picture of a bent hand. So think about the palm of a hand curled or uh, cuffed. That's the picture of uh, the letter Kaf. If you guys didn't know anything about Hebrew, in Hebrew, they did not have letters like we have today. In Hebrew, they had pictographs back in the day. Uh, some of you may have heard the word um, uh, hieroglyphics like the Egyptians would use uh, in the cave times. You see pictures on the wall. Well, back in the day before they had letters, there were, everything was written in picture form. And so when Moses, let's say, would receive the, the word from God, like the tabernacle, the Ten Commandments, he didn't receive it in letter form. He received it in picture form. And so if God wanted to write the, the letter, what we call a uh, kaf, um, uh, if he wanted to write that, or the letter K, we have it today, it was a picture of a bent hand, a man's hand bent, like curled. And it's a picture of laying your hands on someone's head, a bent hand laying on someone's head as if to, to pass a blessing to them, to lay both of your hands, your left hand and your right hand, on somebody's head to bless them. Samek was a picture of a shield, like what a soldier would have to, to protect himself. The letter Yod is a picture of the hand of God. So it's a symbol of God. Yod is a letter that begins the word Yahweh. And lastly, to the left, Lamed was a picture of a staff, which is what a shepherd would use in his hand. Now, let me bring some more clarity to Hebrew words. When you study the Hebrew language, when you find a word, the central letters in a word is of the most importance when trying to understand the definition or the connotation of a word. So when you look at this word fool, which is kasil, what God wants you to focus on is the central letter. Now, because we have an even number of letters, two letters are in the middle. So the focus is both of those two letters together, samek and yod. Samek and Yod make up the primary definition of the understanding of a fool. So what does it mean? A fool is somebody that shields themselves from the very spirit of God. They protect themselves from the nature of God. They want to have nothing to do with God. They hide from God. They suppress the truth about God. They put God away. They shun anybody that wants to even talk about God. So if you had the, the thought process in the beginning that a fool was somebody who was not smart or somebody who was stupid or somebody who was ignorant, eh, that's the wrong answer. That is not what a fool is. The primary understanding of a fool is somebody who is ungodly, somebody who is not a Christian, somebody who wants to have nothing to do with God, nothing to do with Jesus, nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. That's what a fool is. Now, let me bring more light to this. Now, let's look to the right where it says cough. Cough is a blessing. It's when you, you transfer. When you bless somebody, you transfer uh, your blessing to the next individual. We see that in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when they were transferring blessings to the next generation. They would lay their hands on their children and pass on the, the blessing. 
So think about this. A person who has nothing to do with God is blessed in some way, and yet they think that they're on a path that leads to something good because the staff, which is something a shepherd would have in their hand, a staff was for the sheep to be able to see. You know, you have a big old herd of sheep. Uh, in order for sheep to know where they're going, they have to look up and see the, the shepherd's staff. You know, you could have hundreds and hundreds of sheep and you can't see the shepherd leading or guiding you uh, when they're far up front. If you're all the way in the back and they're all the way up front. So they would have these big staffs that would uh, stand up much higher than the shepherd himself so that the sheep could follow the staff. And then you had sheep dogs that in case you had some of those sheep like you and I used to be, uh, some sheep would um, put themselves in a position to where that they uh, would walk away uh, from the herd. You're no longer paying attention to the actual staff itself. So I want you guys to have this understanding when we look at the word fool. A fool, number one, is somebody who protects themselves or blocks themselves from the spirit of God, and yet they're anointed by someone or something, okay? Now, let's, let's, let's look at a couple of verses here, and when we look at these verses, it'll, all of this will start to come together and bring more light and, and, and clarity, I promise you. Let's turn to Psalms 111 and 10. Keep in mind the, what we just looked at in Hebrew. A fool is somebody who wants nothing to do with God, yet they're anointed in some way or something has been passed down to them. They've been blessed in some way by something and they actually think they're on the right path. That's what Lamed represents. The staff represents their, their walking their own path. Now watch this. Psalms uh, 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Look at that. So a fool is somebody who is not wise. Why are they not wise? Because they do not fear the Lord. They have no respect for God. They have no desire for him. No reverence for him. A good understanding have all those who do the Lord's commandments. His praise endures forever. So a fool is somebody who has no regard for God whatsoever. Because in order to not be a fool, you have to operate in wisdom. But in order to operate in wisdom, you have to have a fear for the Lord. And as we're reading here, that's not what a fool has. Now let's turn real quickly to Matthew. And let's go to chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 34. Matthew 12, 34. It says, you brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak what is good? Whoo! It's a lot of stuff in here. I don't even have time to go through all this right here. Look, look at this right here. There is a lot of meat in there, and I'm going to deal with a little bit of it, but it's, it's a lot of meat in there. You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of which fills the heart. You brood of vipers. 
I hope you guys are with me this morning. We're about to go somewhere. A brood is the word for family. A brood of vipers, the word vipers represents snakes, venomous snakes specifically, snakes that are poisonous. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisaic and the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, who were the religious leaders of the day. Uh, the Pharisees being those who were very traditional, very bent on making sure you follow every law and every rule, yet they themselves were not following it. The Sadducees leaned more towards the aristocrats, those who were rich, and they actually had power. So you saw a lot of Sadducees sitting in the Sanhedrin court, and they were basically, they had money, so they obviously had power and, and influence. And so you have these two different groups of people, one who's bent on doing, wanting everybody to do right, but they themselves aren't doing right, and then another group of people who have money and power. Jesus is talking to both of these groups, and he says, you brood of vipers, you family of venomous snakes. Now, think about that. When he says snakes, venomous snakes, your mind should go all the way back to the garden. Because Jesus also makes this statement that you call your father Abraham. He said, but I tell you, your father is the devil. And not only is your father the devil, but you are a liar because he is the father of lies. Same Jesus. You brood of vipers, who told you that you could speak good when your very heart is to do evil? Now, when I taught at seminary, we never really got a different question. We always got the same questions over and over and over again. And we hear people thinking that they're going to present a question to us that's unique or different. But the reality is we're all human. We have the same affections, the same desires, the same needs. And so we ask the same questions. So we, I would always get people to ask me questions like, you know, why am I here? What is my purpose? Is there really a God? How do I know? Where did creation, how did, how did creation get here? Where did it come from? How did it all start? Um, why is there evil in the world? Which is where I'm going with this verse here. Uh, some would say, uh, I'm sitting up here trying to do good. Why is uh, the person who's doing bad seemingly living a better life than I am? Uh, I did everything God asked me to do, yet I'm the one that seems to be getting the, the heat and nothing's going right for me. We all ask the same questions. I'm bringing that up because here we're presented here where Jesus is saying, how is it that you, it says, for the mouth speaks out of that uh, which fills the heart. But he says, you brood of vipers, uh, you family of venomous snakes, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? In other words, good can't come from evil. Now, let me give you an understanding of what good versus evil is. Because a lot of people have asked me, if God exists, and if he's so powerful and so good, then why is there evil in the world? And let me tell you why. I'm going to make this, this, this thought process even harder for you. Because God created evil. Yes, I said that. Because the Bible says it. The Bible says that God is both the creator of good and evil. Now wrap your heads around that one. All right, you done? Did you wrap your head around? All right, I'm gonna help you, okay? I want you guys to think of a, 
um, a hole in the ground. If I were to dig a hole in the ground, you cannot define the hole by itself. A hole is actually nothing. If I were to ask you to give me a definition of a hole, you'd struggle to give me the definition of that because a hole is actually nothing. You know why? It is really the absence of something. That's what a hole is. It's the absence of the ground. If I were to dig a hole in the ground, I'm removing ground and now I have a hole. Until I remove the ground, I don't have a hole. You can't have a hole except there was something that was there to fill it in the first place. So when the Bible says that God is the creator of both good and evil, what it's really saying is when God, the Bible says God is good, God is love. The Bible gives all these different attributes of God, and one of them is that God is good. So if God removes his goodness from someone or something, guess what's left? Evil. That's what it means when the Bible says God is the creator of evil. It doesn't mean that he's performing the evil. It means that he is not involved any longer in that circumstance, in that situation. He's not involved in that person. And so when God removes himself from anything, you have no more God. You're left to your own devices. You're left to your own thoughts. You're left to your own way. You're left to your own thing. God has nothing to do with that. And then people struggle because they go, well, if there's a God, why did he let this happen and that happen and that happen? Well, when God created us in his image, guess what comes along with the image of God? The free will to do what we want to do, to make a choice upon our own selves. That's, that's part of the nature of being in the image of God. And the Bible says God doesn't give out gifts and then take them back. Whatever he, he created us to be, we can be that. So let me give you an example. Uh, God could have gifted you or blessed you to be a singer. But he's not going to take away your free will to use that gift however you want to use it. So we have people who sing beautifully, but they're singing the most ratchet, disgusting, uh, sexually, you know, um, uh, written songs that you'd ever hear that's not promoting any type of good in any type of person. Well, the Bible is very clear that God is not going to step in the middle of your free will and make you do something. That would violate you being in the image of him. That would also violate uh, God's law that says he gave you free will. He gives you the ability to make choices on your own. Now, he'll put you in circumstances or situations to try to drive you to make the right decision, but at the end, you have the choice on your own to do or not do. He's not going to get in the way of that. I, people ask me, oh, why does God send people to hell? God ain't sent not one person to hell. That's not, he's in, not in the business of that. The Bible says God loves everyone so much that he actually desires that no one go there. But you know why people go there? Because they chose to go there. Think about this. If a fool, who is the person who blocks himself from God, wants nothing to do with God, isn't it loving of God to let them have what they want, which is not him? So if you don't want him, then he created a place where he is not at. It's called hell, like a fire, Sheol. You're going to get the opposite of everything that is God. So guess what? There's no fresh air down there. Uh, there's no coolness. There's no beauty down there. Uh, there's no one loving. There's no care, no concern. There's no association, no community. None of that is in hell. You know why? Because those are all godlike attributes. And so God doesn't send anybody there. He actually gives you what you want. 
if you ask for something based on the way you live and based on the, the, the way that your heart is, he's going to let you do it. Now, he's going to try to drive you. The Bible is very clear that God does everything in his grace, everything in his love, and everything in his power to try to make you understand how much he loves you. He says he draws you by his loving kindness. He constantly does that. As long as you're alive, God is drawing you. And at some point, he's going to come to the realization, you don't want to have anything to do with him, so he's going to give you what you want. Now, I ain't talking to none of y'all, but I'm trying to explain to you how God operates in case you run across somebody who, you know, thinks those types of thoughts. So God is a creator of evil simply because he removes himself from a situation. Uh, let's look at the word of God again here. I want to now turn to, uh, we're going to go to John chapter 8. Verse 44, Jesus again is speaking. He says, why do you not understand what I am saying? Is it because you cannot hear my word? Notice Jesus again is talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said, you can't even hear what I'm saying. That's why you don't understand. Because you're not even taking in what I'm saying. Why are they not taking it in? Because they've shielded themselves from anything that has to do with God. And we know that Jesus is the son of God. Jesus said, I didn't come to do my own will. I came to do the will of the father. And if you see me, you've seen the father. So when he starts speaking, guess what they do? They don't want to have anything to do with his word. So look what he says in verse 44. You are of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. Remember, we looked at the word desires when we were looking at uh, Proverbs 23, I think it was, the last time I was teaching you guys. Desire, remember, it's, it's the word sire, which means someone that's in control or power. D means from. So when you operate in your desires, you're operating away from your place of, of, of kingship. In other words, God desires that, that you and I, or he, he wants us to be in a position of leadership, like a sire, somebody who's over somebody else. You're supposed to have lordship. You're supposed to be a king of the king. Uh, for you ladies, you're supposed to be queens. But when you operate in the way that you feel, you move away from that because now you're, you're basing every decision on how you feel rather than who you are and, and rather than the truth or the word of God. You're not walking by faith, you're walking by feelings. And so Jesus says, you want to do the desires of your father. You, you wanna operate in what you feel. He was a murderer from the beginning, talking about Adam and Eve, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's a lie. He's a liar and the father of lies. So watch this. The word fool, let's, let's go back and uh, I'll, I'll put it up one more time. Looking at the word fool, central understanding of the word fool is samek and yod, which means to block God, have nothing to do with God, shield yourself from God. But watch this. Remember we talked about the letter cough all the way to the right. The letter cough is a bent hand and it, it means to transfer an anointing or transfer a blessing over to somebody else, transfer uh, what it is that, that you own to the next individual. So when Jesus says your father is the devil, he's basically saying you're acting like him. He is now 
you allowed him to put his hands on you and touch your heart and touch your head and change the way you think and change the way that you feel to the degree that you are now acting like him. That's what Lamed, the letter all the way to the left, the staff, you're now walking a path just like him. He is your father because you let him anoint you. You let him touch you. You let him get in your heart and in your head. And now here you are wanting to have nothing to do with God. You wonder why you can't hear my words and my voice. It's because you can only hear the voice of your father. And that is what it means to be a fool. I want to show you something else with this word fool. This is a pictograph here. And uh, you see the, the letter there, Samek for shield. Where it says pictograph, that's how the letter was originally written in Hebrew. It kind of looks like a handle at the bottom with, you know, the three lines going across it. It looks like something you would hold up to try to block. It's like a shield. That was a picture of a shield. Okay. So the central understanding is that a fool is somebody who's blocking out God. They don't want to have anything to do with the Lord. And I don't want you guys to get caught up in that. Don't be so upset at life and mad that things are, are, are not going your way to the degree that you start blocking God. We've all been there. We've all been in a place or a position where life is not moving in the direction that we want. Things are not happening the way we like. We've misinterpreted our misfortune as God hating us or not liking us. And all of a sudden, we now don't like God. You're blocking God. And when you do that, you block the ability to hear from God. You may not be a fool, but you're acting foolish. And whenever you feel a sense of me and God are not cool, I'm upset with God. Um, he, he, he doesn't love me or he doesn't care about me. He wouldn't have never let this happen. I want you to remember this message here that you are operating in a foolish like nature and a character. And guess what? That's going to lead you down a path of death, down a path of destruction. And God is here to tell you, don't do that. He hasn't forgotten about you, but guess what? He's not going to take away the free will of the evil person who done whatever, did whatever they did to you. It happened. But Romans, the book of Romans, I believe it's chapter eight. He says, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. He's going to bring you through. God did not promise us that we would not have problems. He promised us that he will bring us through our issues and our problems. So why does he let evil happen to us? Uh, issues happen to us, problems happen to us, misfortune happen to us. Well, how would you know that he's God if he doesn't bring you out of anything? How would you know he's powerful? How would you know that he loves you? How would you know that he cares about you if you didn't go through something for him to bring you out of? How do you know that he's a miracle worker? How do you know that the God who can part uh, the seas can actually heal your broken heart? Hmm? How do you know that the God who, who burned a bush that didn't get burnt up can actually uh, change your financial situation. How do you know that? How do you know that the God who raised people from the dead can heal you? You won't know unless you go through something. We'll, we'll get what we're looking for when we go to heaven. God's gonna make good on all of his promises when we really get to heaven. But while we're here, he's gonna prove to us as we're going through things that he is God and that no matter what we're dealing with in this life, He's still in control no matter how we feel. So don't let your feelings, which is your desires, take you away from your rightful place of being kings and queens and cause you to forget who's really in charge. And that is God. 
And if he's allowing you to go through something, it's so that you can grow up in him and understand a character or an attribute about him that you don't know yet. Some of you need to know that he's a healer because maybe he has a healing ministry for you. Some of you need to know that he can take you from poverty to wealth because he maybe has some type of ministry where you're gonna be a blessing to somebody. But you gotta go through it in order to, to be what God wants you to be. So just accept where you are. God didn't make any mistakes, like I said last time, with giving you the parents that you have, the friends that you got, the boss that you got, the, the situations that you're in. None of that stuff is by accident. Accept it, but also accept that he loves you and that he has not forgotten about you. Uh, let's get back into the, the, the word here. I hope you guys are enjoying this here. Um, let's go back to Proverbs. Chapter 26. And now we're going to deal with verse 13. Now we're going to move, the, the Bible's going to transition from a fool to somebody who's lazy. All right. And I'm going to try to wrap this up in 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, from a fool to somebody who's lazy. And I'm going to explain to you the, the, the transition of a fool and laziness. I promise you, you're going to be blessed by this. Bear with me. We're going to read verses 13 through 16. The sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. A lion is in the open square. Ain't that crazy? A lazy person sees a lion in the road, they themselves are in the road and they're telling everybody there's a lion, but they're not moving. That's some serious laziness. Remember, we're looking at similitudes, things that are examples of lazy people. God is basically saying, lazy people are so lazy, they won't even remove themselves from dangerous situations. Lazy people, I have, y'all gonna think I got, the worst family in the world, because I keep saying I got people in my family like that, but I'm, I'm sure uh, you guys have the same type of family members as well. Uh, I don't want you guys to think my whole family is, is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but uh, they're the first ones that come to mind because, of course, being family, they're the first ones to come suck you dry. But I have family members who have no drive, no desire to better themselves, they work two and three jobs that pay minimum wage. They don't want to educate themselves. Uh, no schooling, uh, no reading of books. Uh, they don't watch documentaries. They don't surround themselves with people who are, are smart and intelligent and who can take them to the next level. They just accept whatever it is that life brings them in their laziness. But they always have their hand out to me asking me to help them pay their bills. Uh, they, they want me to give them a ride. The car broke down. Uh, they don't have a car. Uh, this happened, that happened. And it's just like constant situations that are pretty dangerous. It's dangerous to not have a savings account. It is dangerous to not grow in your understanding of what's going on in the world. And it's, it's dangerous to not know what's happening around you. And you just kind of live this frivolous lifestyle of living day by day, check to check, moment by moment. That is really, really, really dangerous. And when I have family members that are like much older and here they are getting into their 60s and 70s and they have not done nothing with their lives, 
it's no different than a person hollering in the middle of the street. There's a lion in the road. Bible says, don't be lazy. It's only going to lead to danger. You're only going to find yourself at the end of that road, um, having life amount to nothing. Let's keep reading. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. In other words, he just keeps turning over back and forth, just hitting the snooze button. Don't want to get up. Don't want to be about nothing or do anything or apply uh, himself or herself to life. Verse 15 says, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is weary, bringing it to his mouth again. Wow. Think about that. You're so late. Not you, but I'm just using it as a figure of speech. You are so lazy that somebody actually made the food for you, put it in front of your face, and your hand is in the dish, but you're too lazy to put the food in your mouth. That's some serious laziness. But guess what? How many people do we know that are like that? Again, they don't want to apply themselves. They know that if they don't apply themselves, they're not going to get anything, but yet they keep doing it over and over and over again. You better stay away from them people. All they're going to do is suck you dry. They don't want to have anything to do with bettering their lives. Verse 16 says, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet answer. In other words, they keep making excuses as to why they are where they are, rather than listening to sound counsel and wisdom. Remember, the Bible says your father is a liar. And the reason why you can't operate in wisdom, remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, Jesus said, you can't even hear anything I'm saying wise because your father is the father of lies. So here we have again, the sluggard is wise in their own eyes because they think they're, they have more information than seven men who are actually wise and can give him an actual answer. And why? Because you're listening to your own thoughts. And those are really not your own thoughts. Those are the thoughts of the enemy. When I find myself in a, a, a situation where I'm, I'm acting outside of who I know to be, I call people who are very close to me, people who, who think at a, 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 a higher level, live a life of a higher standard. Uh, I'm so grateful to have met uh, Byron Nelson. He's one of those people. And so it's like iron sharpening iron. You have to be smart enough to know when you're walking down the wrong path and you're allowing your thoughts to get in your head because those thoughts, the Bible calls them fiery darts or fiery arrows. They, they almost come out of nowhere. And it's not that they're coming from nowhere. It's the enemy. Demonic forces are always around us. They see what you're going through and they always want to like drop seeds and hints and nuggets in your mind to make you think something opposite of what you know to be true. And when you start feeling yourself, desires, when you start feeling yourself going down that rabbit hole, you better pick up the phone and, and call on your wisdom hotline, somebody you know that's uh, at a godlike level to be able to, to get you out of that, that, that's the slump that you're in. We all get there sometimes, but don't stay there. All right. Uh, let's get into some more juicy, juicy, juicy stuff. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Here's some more juicy stuff. Let's look at this word, lazy. 
I really want to look at this word lazy. Do, 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 do. This word lazy is the Hebrew word atzel. You can see it at the bottom. I have it in parentheses. The way you pronounce it is at, which is A-H-T, and then S-E-L, atzel. It literally means slow or idle. So imagine a lazy person, and that's why it was translated as lazy. You'll see it translated as sluggard. You'll see it translated as slothful. Uh, it just means somebody who's slow to get anything done or they're not moving at all or moving so slow as to not be making any leeway. But when we look at this word in the Hebrew, remember Hebrew is based on pictures. And so we have beginning from right to left, we have the first letter on the right is the letter ayin, ayin. And it is a picture of the eye. The second letter in the middle is the letter Sadi, Sadi. And it is a picture of a seed, literally sperm, pro laying prostrate, laying down. It's, it's a picture of sperm laying on the ground. It's a circle with a, a, a squiggly line. Let me, let me show you real quick. See that right there where it says pictograph? That's the way the letter Sadi is written. It's, it's a seed laying on the ground, laying prostrate. And then to the left, we have again that same letter, uh, Lamed, which is a staff. Remember I told you when you look at Hebrew, the central letter makes up the primary definition of a word. So when we see this word lazy, the first thing that should come to your mind is somebody who's laying on the ground, somebody who's laying on a bed, somebody who's doing nothing with their life whatsoever. Sperm represents life. Laying down represents doing nothing with your life. That's what a lazy person is. They're doing nothing with the life that God gave them. The Bible says that when God created man, he breathed into him the breath of life. He breathed in him the breath of life. But when we read that word life, it actually is not life, meaning singular. It's the word lives, which is dual. So in Hebrew, we have something different from English. In English, we have singular, dual, I mean, uh, singular and plural. So singular means one, plural means two or more. In Hebrew, they have singular, which is one, dual, which is two, and then plural, which is three or more. So when you see that the Bible says God breathed the breath of lives into man, he's talking about breathing two different things into this corpse, into this, this shell that he created from the earth. He's talking about breathing into him spirit and soul. Your spirit was designed for you to have communication with God, and your soul was designed for you to have communication with mankind. So right now, when I'm talking to you through uh, this uh, Zoom meeting, you guys are listening to my soul. I'm speaking to you with my soul. But as I'm speaking to you with my soul, when the words are coming out of my mouth and I'm reading the word of God, the spirit of God is penetrating your spirit, and so God is communicating to you in your spirit. The purpose of your spirit is to talk to your soul and get your soul to make the right decision, and then your soul communicates that to your body, and your body acts it out. I hope that made sense. One more time. When you receive the word of God, that goes into your spirit. Your spirit 
transfers that to your soul. Your soul is your will, your intellect, uh, your emotions. Your spirit transfers God's word into your soul. And you are now supposed to then take what's in your soul and let your body act it out. So when the word of God says, thou shalt not lie, your spirit tells your soul, hey, I know you want to lie in this situation, but don't do it. And so you change. Ooh, so glad. This just popped in my mind. I was at 7-Eleven yesterday, and I was getting cash back. And the most you can get is $10. And so I hit the $10 button uh, to get cash back. And when I got the cash back, uh, I got in my car. Now, the guy was talking to me. We were talking about something, and he was distracted. I got the cash. And when I got the cash, I looked at it, and I could have swore I saw three $5 bills. And I was like, nah, can't be. It's probably because it's folded or something. So I get in my car and I open it up. Lo and behold, I had three $5 bills. Well, I'm going to be honest. Y'all know the first thought that came to my mind, right? Yes. My soul gotten in, in, into my, my mind, my soul, which is my mind. My soul said, ooh, you just came up on an extra $5. But then my spirit said, thou shalt not steal. And I was like, oh, you're right, God. I'm not supposed to steal. This is stealing. Even though I didn't take it, you gave it to me. This is still stealing. And I know better than this. And I thought about it a second time. I said, it's just $5. And the Spirit of God said, thou shall not steal. So you know what I did? My soul, which has the will inside of it, I decided to listen to my spirit. And I said, you know what? I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. How can I expect God to bless me when I'm not even listening to him and I'm taking from somebody else? That's a man's business. I have a business. I don't want nobody stealing from me. And that's another man's business. Let me go give this man back his money. So you know what happened? I told my soul to tell my body, get your butt up, go back into that grocery store and hand that extra $5 back to that guy. You know what the devil did? The man wasn't even in the store. It was a whole nother customer service person uh, that, that uh, was walking around and I didn't even see the guy anymore. I started to turn around and go, well, I tried. But then I was like, nope, let me go ask somebody. And I said, have you guys seen the guy that uh, was standing up here? And it was like, no, I haven't seen him. I was like, well, I'm gonna wait right here. So finally the guy came from the back. I guess he was putting something away. And when he came out, he goes, did I do something wrong? What's going on? And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I asked for $10, but you gave me 15. Here's the $5 back. And he said, oh my goodness. He was like, man, he was like, I've never seen anybody do that. And I said, well, you know what? I believe in God. And I said, he is my father. And I said, he's the one who blesses me. I don't bless myself. And so I'm gonna let him bless me. And so I gave the money back and I was able to leave with them an understanding of God. Now, I don't know if that was a seed planted in their minds to let them know that God is who he says he is because he used me in that situation. But I'm just happy I did the right thing. I walked out of there thinking, oh, I must have some good coming around the corner because I did what God said. But guess what? God may not do any, anything. I just feel good about having done the right thing for God. I gave back five dollars, five dollars I didn't even need. I just thought I came up. So the whole point is, you have to give in to the spirit of God. You have the free will to do what God places upon your heart. And so I, I, I want you guys to, to really see that when we're looking at this word, um, lazy right here or slothful, it's, it's somebody who 
is in a position where they're not allowing themselves to be touched by the spirit of God. They are lifeless. When God breathed the breath of lives into man, he breathed the spirit and a soul. And if you do not have the spirit of God, you do not have the life of God. Well, how can you expect to do anything? Because when he breathed into our lives, what did he give us to do right after he breathed? He told us to get to work. He didn't just breathe for no reason. He breathed into us and then he turned around and told Adam, hey, now start tending the garden. So the purpose of you having life is to fulfill your work or to fulfill your purpose, fulfill what you were designed to do. And a person who is lazy has stepped away from what they're supposed to be doing. So a lazy person is a person that, that has no purpose whatsoever. Now let's look at the other two letters, the, the ayin and the lamed, which is a picture of the eye and a picture of the staff. When you look at those two, I want you guys to have in your mind this thing here. You remember scripture says, uh, well, let, me, let me give you this first. The eye represents sight or seeing with the eyes, looking at things naturally. And lamed is being led. In other words, being led by the things that you see in the natural. So a lazy person is somebody who's doing nothing with their life and they're led by the natural or they're led by what they see, not what God is speaking to them. Because remember, a lazy person is also a, watch this, foolish person. That's why the Bible transitions from fool to lazy, because a fool is a lazy person. A fool has no regard for God. And if you have no regard for God, you have no life. And if you have no life, you have no purpose. And if you have no purpose, you're only going to do whatever you see in front of you. You're no different than, than the grasshopper versus the ant. You just go enjoy yourself in the moment. That's what lazy people do. They live in the moment. No goals, no aspirations. No dreams, no visions, living in the moment because they're living by what they see and that's it. They want immediate gratification. They just want to lay back and let everything happen to them. And if it ain't around them, then they figure, hey, I'll just wait. Food will come by one day. Money will come to me in some kind of way. I'll, I'll be, somebody else is going to be putting in hard work and I'll be able to, to enjoy the fruit of their labor. That's what lazy people do. Lazy people take advantage of people who are actually putting in hard work. And I want you to see the, the Bible says that you and I are supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. So a lazy person actually walks by sight. So you see how if a, a person walking by sight is also a fool? Because anybody walking by sight is lazy, and anybody that's lazy has no purpose. Anybody that has no purpose is somebody who blocked God, and anybody that blocks God is a fool. I hope I'm making the transition for you guys. If you find yourself in that place where you don't want to do anything anymore, you want things to come to you, you've given up, you are laid back, you'll just take whatever comes your way. When that spirit because it's from a demonic source when that spirit comes upon you you need to find a way to get up out of that thing and realize that that spirit is trying to attack you so that you no longer fulfill your purpose the moment you have no purpose guess what you leave room for depression and depression is an open door to suicidal thoughts and we talked about that last time when we were looking at i think it was proverbs 23 
So you want to get out of that mind frame. People who kill themselves are people who feel like I have no reason for living. And you have no reason for living because you, you, you became lazy and you became lazy because you blocked God and you blocked your ability to hear his voice, to know where you're supposed to be going. You're no longer living by faith, but you're, you're walking by sight. All right, let's bring this thing to a close here. Do, do, do. Oh, this is the wrong one. Here we go. So let's go to Proverbs uh, 26. Uh, this time we're going to be reading verses 17, and I'm just going to read all the way through um, to the end. Okay. Well, no, let's read 17 and 19. It says, like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. Why would you touch a dog by its ears and pull on it? You guys ever did that before? That dog will bite the heck out of you. You don't mess with a dog's ears like that. Dogs can't stand when people mess with their ears. And the Bible says that like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. In other words, you get wind of a situation or a circumstance or you pass by some information and all of a sudden you want to involve yourself in it. The Bible says that is no different than grabbing a dog by its ears. You're going to get bit. You're going to end up hurting yourself. You're going to find yourself in a bad situation because you're involving yourself in some mess that ain't got nothing to do with you. And you're causing strife. Or if you know somebody that does that, that's what they're doing. They're causing strife. See, a lot of times God reveals these types of people to you, foolish people, lazy people, people who are gossipers and just get into all kinds of mess because he wants you to know how to identify them, but also what to pray for. It's not always our job to try to stop people from being who they are, because you can't do that all the time. But what you can do is pray. Pray that spirit away. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood in the book of Ephesians 6. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not the person. It's the spirit in the person. And here you are trying to argue and fight. Remember we just said, stop having useless conversations with fools. You're supposed to pray. At most times, you just need to be praying uh, that that thing go away. That's why God revealed it to you, not for you to try to be God and deal with it. Verse 18, like a madman who throws firebrands and arrows and death, so is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was just joking. Why are you mad at me? I, I, I wasn't really serious. I was just playing. Well, the Bible says don't play. Don't play like that. Let me, let me, let me show you something else because I, I know y'all don't believe me. So I'm, I'm going to show you something real quick. Let's go to Ephesians. I believe it's, uh, where is that? Chapter, I want to say it's chapter five. Please, Lord, let it be five. Yes. Ephesians chapter five, verse four. And there must be no filthiness. And watch this, silly talk or coarse jesting. In other words, joking around, but harsh joking around. Joking around that hurts people's feelings which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. In other words, you're supposed to be appreciative and giving thanks and, and blessing people and, and saying something nice. Don't be cursing all the time and, and in, involving yourself in conversation that's worthless. And then you, you teasing people and you think it's funny, and, but you hurt that person's feelings. The Bible says, stop doing that. 
that's what we're we're talking about here when we look back at at um, at Proverbs twenty six. Uh, what verse were we on? I think it was uh, yeah nineteen. So is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, "Was I not joking?" The Bible says, "Don't do that." Verse twenty. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisper, contention quiets down. In other words, stop adding fuel to the fire. Like charcoal to hot members and wood to fires, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. People want to start fights. The words of a whisper are like dainty morsels, and they go down into the innermost parts of the body. This is talking about gossipers, you guys. Like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver dross are burning lips and a wicked heart. I'm going I'm to I'm stop on that one right there. I want you to see this because we know a lot of people like this. An earthen vessel is something that's made out of clay, made out of mud, made out of dirt. If you overlay that with silver, it gives the impression that the whole thing is precious. When the reality is, it's just overlaid. Um, you ever buy something and instead of it actually being gold, it's gold plated or silver plated? That's the idea of this. It says that there are people in this world who cause problem and strife and the words that are coming out of their mouth appear to be kind, appear to be truthful, appear to be honest, but really deep down in their heart, they're no different than a piece of clay covered up in silver. You guys need to make sure that you're allowing time to pass so that the words that are coming out of people's mouths prove themselves to be true through their character. Don't take people at face value so quickly. Remember we read just a minute ago, stop hiring people that pass by. You're so quick to just get involved with people because of their status and who they are and what they have. Don't be so quick to do that. Let a person test themselves uh, through time. 24, he who hates uh, disguises uh, it with his lips, but he lays up deceit in his heart. So there are some people who won't tell you that they hate you. Uh, they'll act like they like you, but they don't. 25, when he speaks graciously, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred covers itself with guile, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. In other words, there's going to come a time where it's going to reveal itself. Give it time. What this person is saying and doing to you, it's going to come out eventually as, as not being uh, what it was presented as. Verse 27, he who digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone, it will come back on him. In other words, what goes around comes around. And a lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Woo! That 26, boy, that, that was a lot. And I'm going to end it with this. A fool is somebody, the Bible says, who says in, in his heart, there is no God. And we saw in the actual pictographs of the Hebrew word that it was a picture of a shield and a picture of God's hand, and you're blocking the hand of God. So it makes sense that the, the, the word was translated uh, as fool, because a fool says in his heart, there is no God. A person who says in his heart, there is no God, is a person who has no purpose because God is the one who breathes purpose into us. He gives us life. And if he doesn't breathe that purpose into us, we move into a position of being lazy. Now, let me really expound on lazy. Lazy doesn't just mean you are doing nothing, meaning kick back on a bed. It means you are doing nothing productive. 
nothing that is designed by God. When you are living your life in such a way that you're not doing anything that God created you to do, you are going nowhere, you are headed towards destruction, and anybody that's following you is also headed towards destruction. You're headed down the wrong path because you're not on the path that God designed for you. So lazy doesn't, I know some lazy go-getters, let me put it that way. You, you'll be surrounded by people who grind, but they're actually lazy. You know why? They're grinding down the wrong path. They're working hard towards the wrong thing. Why? Because they're motivated by their desires. They're not motivated by the word of God. You see? They're motivated by what they feel. They're not motivated by what's been spoken to them to do. And because they're motivated by, by the what they feel, they're hurting people around them because it's all about them and not about the people around them. Check your heart. Are you doing what is a blessing to the people of God or are you doing what's a blessing to you? Because if you're doing what's a blessing to you, you are lazy. And you may think you're a go-getter, but no, you are lazy. You know why? Lazy people have no divine purpose. They have no place that's going to, that they're going, that's going to actually produce a God-like result. You're going nowhere. You're headed down a path of destruction. And people who head down that path of destruction, what comes out of their mouth? Lies. Because in their heart, they're only after them. So they, they will formulate words that will cause you to start thinking and doing in such a way that it's a blessing to them, not a blessing to anyone else. That's what 26 is talking about. Be watchful for those people, but also be watchful that you don't fall prey to those types of characters. Let's close out in prayer. Father, I thank you for the word that has come forth today. Bless us to be, be able to identify fools, but also to identify when we are operating foolishly. I thank you, Father, that this word did not fall on empty soil or empty ground, but on fertile ground. Let it go into the hearts of your people and let it be a blessing. You said in your word, one man plants and another man waters. And I hope I did that today but it's you that gives the increase. In other words, only you can cause that seed to grow. So I hope I did my part today, Father, and I thank you for being a blessing to these people who have taken out their time to be able to hear your word. We praise you and thank you for the blessing that is ours going forward because you have given us this word. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.